Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Sadlier's Catechetical Programs, Christ in Us for Kindergarten through 8th Grade, and Cristo en Nosotros, the Spanish bilingual edition for kindergarten through 6th grade. They set the standard for faith formation in today's world. Check them out today at sadlyreligion.com slash CIU and see how their innovative approach is changing the future of catechesis. Welcome to another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, and again, I'm chatting with my wonderful guest, Bishop Scharfenberger, uh, Bishop in Albany, New York. He's a good, good friend, uh, always has something wise to say, uh, love, breaks things down in very easy to understand terms, very pastoral, and no, he did not pay me to say all that. I just say it because I mean it. Uh, Bishop, welcome back to Chattachesis. Thanks, thanks, Deacon Matt. We're continuing our, our, our series here with uh, the topic of promoting greater fraternity among clergy in our dioceses. If you check out our first episode, we looked at uh, preordination formation. What are some things that we could take a look at, some things that happen in seminary to that we could augment or tweak that would later on help promote greater fraternity among clergy? This episode, and we don't know how long it's going to be, because like in the first episode, we were literally brainstorming together. So we're really bringing you, listener, into the really rough and raw and real uh, conversations of consequence. Um, Nothing super polished and refined, but definitely authentic and genuine, and certainly full of wisdom when it comes to bishops. So we're going to look in this episode at what can we do in terms of ongoing formation for priests and deacons to help promote more fraternity. So I want to begin with this question, Bishop, and that's because you 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 preach and you teach in very sort of pastoral and familial terms and tones. So let's start with the familial. How do you see your role as bishop uh, compared with family roles? Do you see yourself as father and priests and deacons are like your sons? Do you see it more as brothers or do you see both? I think I think all of that because they're all relational, and I think depending upon the uh, the nature of the conversation mm-hmm. and uh, the nature of the uh, of the context that you can be all of those. You know, like look at I'm 74 years old. I'm supposed to retire next year. I don't feel like I'm about to retire. You know, I always hope to be uh, uh, kind of a brother to my priests and uh, and to my seminarians, but. I recognize because of my aging experience, sometimes people look at me, you know, as an older guy. So sometimes I'm grandpa, you know, so I think <laughs> all of those, a lot depends upon the, you know, the nature of the context and and, and the circumstance, you know, uh, it, sometimes I have to be, you know, like any dad is, sometimes you have to be disciplinarian, you know, you have to take your kids to task. You got to sometimes hold their feet to the fire, tell them acts have consequences and you got to do that role. But, you know, I'm thinking, remember the, the movie, uh, The Lion King, you know, the relationship mm. between, between uh, you know, Simba and, and his dad. And he, Oh, my gosh, of, Disney references. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, all of those uh, all of those aspects of fathering were there, you know. Yes. The, the playfulness, right? So you can be a formator in an informal way. Uh, you can be um, uh, a, a mentor but in a way that is also a friendly way, not just a, a, a teacher or a guide, you know, a guru, but also one that is, uh, has a, uh, a certain familiarity. 
So I think all of these aspects uh, come into play. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I kind of led off with that question about, you know, comparing your your relationships with your clergy to family roles, because I think creating a sense of family uh, in an ongoing way is one of the ways that we, we can create greater fraternity. So if family becomes the context, then mm -hmm. fraternity, which is a brotherly relationship, uh, might uh, flourish a little more naturally or more easily. Uh, I think the idea also of uh, going into this uh, clergy life with the idea that I am part of a family might give us more hope in terms of forming fraternity. You know, in many cases, family bonds are, uh, are thick and strong. Blood is thicker than water, we've heard before. And if we can really help clergy buy into that, uh, I think we have a better shot at, at maintaining and growing some fraternity. I agree. And when we speak of family, we speak at different levels. You know, you have the in the intimate and the, the nuclear family, you know, mm -hmm. grow up actually in the same house, typically. But then you also have the extended family, you know, the Italians in particular are very good with the cuisine, you know, yeah. and everybody comes together at the big festivals, you know, the uh, the Easter and, and Christmas and Thanksgiving, and you may have 20 or 30 cousins, you know, in the same house, but there's still a sense of family and connectedness. And bringing that into church uh, circles uh you know i think is is a way of uh, expanding that sense of family so one of the things i think we have to guard against is creating this kind of artifice of family life right and community so i think w one way to avoid that is to to do family authentically and one of the things an authentic family does is they listen to one another um we had some time together on the national advisory council and it was a great time it really was there's so many brilliant people gifted people holy people uh and i remember you talking a lot about listening authentic listening uh when it comes to to clergy formation and creating greater fraternity among the clergy are we listening well yeah, I mean, that's certainly something that is, is a need in our culture that is often not met by our culture. Is anybody really care that I'm alive? Does anybody take me seriously? Mm. Does anybody know what I'm experiencing or going through? Is anybody there, you know, just to listen to my story? And one of the things uh, we try to inculcate in our seminarians is, is listening with respect. Mm. You know, you may not agree, you know, with everything everybody says or thinks, but it's okay just to to listen and to hear hear one at least complete a complete sentence. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, it's a way of you know taking seriously the, the the personhood of the other you know the other human being. Mm -hmm. So one of the things um, we we read about sometimes in care reports. Uh, I think more often there than in Pew studies are the challenges, for example, in, in the first five years of, or, of ordination, whether it's a priest or a deacon, but predominantly in the priesthood. Uh, what we what the surveys bear out from from the newly ordained is they don't feel connected. Uh, they don't feel connected with other priests. They they've lost their seminary communities. So they feel a bit isolated and adrift, even if they're in a parish with the pastor. Um, it's it's difficult sometimes to make those connections with the pastor. It's also difficult sometimes to make connections with the bishop. Um, what what do you think? Um, how do we ameliorate these kinds of issues? Well, you uh, you know I, I think you mentioned before 
uh, about the under five groups, and uh, we're we're certainly doing that. We have mm -hmm. uh, occasions, uh, if not a monthly on a bi-monthly basis, for men that have been ordained less than five years to come together with a uh, kind of a moderator mentor that uh, kind of guides the conversation, so it doesn't just become a a, a one-person show or, or mm -hmm. a, a you know a, a complaint session. But for men to share their experiences, what are they learning? What are their challenges? What do they need more assistance in? Uh, what are their joys? What are their frustrations? And often in hearing that, uh, I mean, I don't want to compare it exactly to an AA or an Al-Anon session, mm -hmm. but you know, those 12-step groups are, are wonderful uh, means of support where you don't, you know, you can really hear what other people are experiencing going through sometimes learn from how they handled their challenges. And uh, it's a way of making the, uh, helping the young men to feel that they have something to contribute by sharing their ongoing experience uh, in all of its aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think just having a space where uh, people are intentional about listening to to the other and right. being exactly. empathetic. And you know, here in our diocese in Des Moines, we have Yezu Caritas groups. You know, that the, the, the oh, priests yeah. form, and mm -hmm. and so they have these little loci of of fraternity. But right. again, the the kind of meta fraternity that that I think every bishop would love to cultivate. It's it's a bigger challenge because it, we have to get out of those little groups and then try to build bridges, build relationships with people outside, right. outside of them. Um, many yeah. In many layers. And then we are talking about priests and deacons, and then it's another layer. And one of the yeah. thoughts I had, um, and again, there are many reasons why I probably do a whole other show, but many reasons why that, that uh, there's, a, there's challenges or friction between some priests and deacons, kind of the usual suspects or the usual issues that you hear. Uh, and now I'm the new, uh, by the way, I don't think I told you this. I'm the new director of formation for the diaconate in our diocese. Yes, I, I, <laughs> so I Congratulations and good luck. That's another reason. Here. Well, thanks so much. That's another reason these, this topic's so important because I know our bishop, Bishop Johnson, is, is looking also to try to find ways to bring deacons and priests closer together. And, and so now we're talking about that post-ordination side and kind of creating a sense of family. One of the ideas I had, and I'm floating this by you again, this is our brainstorming session. What if at, at workshops, you know, clergy workshops, we have deacons provide some diaconia for priests, provide hospitality, uh, serve them in certain ways and flip that script because priests still are deacons, have mm -hmm. them serve deacons. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love that. And, and I love that you said priests are still deacons because I often think about that. A bishop that's not a good priest is going to be a basically a careerist and a priest that's not a, a good deacon is uh, basically going to be a bit all focused on himself. Because, oh, I love that. I love you know, that. Yeah, because the, we can't uh, exclude that element of diaconia that, mm -hmm. that is at the, the root, the, the service at the root of our all of our clerical ministries. So I love that idea, bringing out the, the uh, service aspect of uh, what deacons are and, and what priests are, are also called to be. That's a good starting point. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I'm going to pull in as you as you do sometimes, kind of pop culture references. Uh, one of the things that my wife and I uh, resources that we really liked was the five love languages. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with it. I, I don't know if I can recall them all right now, but you do have quality, 
time, uh, touch, there's gifts, there's acts of service. And I, I always forget what the fifth one is, but um, I often wonder if when it comes to ongoing formation and trying to meet the needs of our clergy, uh, if we're attentive to the ways that they need to be loved. And I think well, sometimes, sometimes yeah. it's easy for us to say, you know what, they're clergy and that's God's job to love them. Well, wait yeah, a minute, yeah. you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, they're clear. They are a priest. Well, look at how does God love us? You exactly. Know, it, seems me, it seems to me that if, if there's one quality, at least to me, that God has an awful lot of his patience. Mm. How God waits and doesn't give up on us. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's one of the five languages of love because patience, mm -hmm. you know, comes from the Latin word patsu, which means I suffer, mm -hmm. you know, it's actually it's com where compassion comes from mm -hmm. and how better to show love than by being patient mm. with the loved one, you know, listening, uh, not giving up, uh, being willing to uh, to be long suffering, uh, I think that perhaps that's one of the most effective ways of showing love through patient listening. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. For my part, uh, as I was thinking about these love languages, uh, I know personally speaking, everybody's different. Uh, for me, it's quality time is the number one language, and. Uh, you know, for, for my wife and I, it's kind of funny. Sometimes it's going out on dates. Sometimes it's sitting on the couch watching TV. Uh, so that quality of time is not monolithic. It's very, very fluid and dynamic. Um, one of the things our, our pastor, my pastor does, I'm at St. Luke the Evangelist in Ankeny, Iowa, is he on his own takes time to, to invite the deacons and himself and the associate priests. We all get together at the rectory. We have food. We sh we share conversation. We we talk about other things than than ministry, and I'll say that that has I know for myself. And there are three other deacons in this parish, uh, so I'm not going to speak for them, but I will say with with pretty with a lot of confidence that it means a lot to them to do that to have those quality time experiences. Well, that, um, thanks for that that sharing that because that gives me a lot of ideas and opens up a lot of possibilities to do more of that well and it's a great you know it doesn't have to be something um extravagant or something that requires a lot of work it's really a a, a, a ten dollar frozen pizza and some beer when it boils down to um but it's the intentionality it's the intentionality wow the pastor wants to have us over and just talk and hang out like that that means a lot to deacons yeah, absolutely well, we're kind of closing out our second and final episode in this series on trying to promote greater fraternity among clergy. Again, these were two brainstorming sessions that I really wanted to invite you, the listener, in on to kind of hear the real and, and raw and authentic thoughts of Bishop um, Scharfenberger from Albany and what what he's thinking about, what he's done, what he's what he's planning on doing to promote greater fraternity. And I hope this is a source of inspiration or at least thought provoking uh, for any other bishops and priests and deacons out there uh, to begin to do their own work and, and their, have their own conversations about how do we create greater fraternity. So with that, I just need to thank you so much, Bishop, for, for participating in this experiment. Oh, what uh, a pleasure, Matt. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for, for, for hosting and making this possible. Well, you've been, you've been just wonderful. And we always, it's a tradition uh, with Chattachesis, um, the guest will uh, offer a final blessing for the listeners. Would you mind doing that? Lord, thank you for bringing us together, for calling us each by name. 
and for inviting us into your own family. Help us to know we are loved and cherished and to be thankful for those connections that you've made in our lives, and particularly those that give us joy, but also those that challenge us, because we know that you are present always with us and through us, and we ask this as always with thanksgiving in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Again, this is this has been another episode of Chattachesis. Our guest has been Bishop Scharfenberger, uh, and we've been talking about cr- promoting uh, greater fraternity among clergy in our dioceses. Thank you again, Bishop, and I hope to chat with you soon. Thanks, Matt. Take care now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.